In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, the Muni Lot. It's a special edition, and we're talking purely about the Muni Lot. So um, there's a lot of fans out there that have never been to Cleveland and don't really understand what's the all about the Muni Lot. So today, we're going to do a special edition. I've got two guests on. I've got Adam Lundell. Did I say that correct, Adam? Lundell, yeah. Cheers, mate. Thanks. And uh, Nick Collins. How's it going? Good, good. So, Nick, just give us a quick 15-second uh, intro. What's your involvement uh, with the uh, Muni lot? Yeah, I mean, been a Browns fan my entire life. Um, grew up, went to a few games with uh, my family in the, the old stadium. And then when we came back, um, continued to, to tailgate there. And then uh, we, about 10 years ago, purchased an ambulance, um, painted it Browns helmet. Actually call it uh, the Grambulance uh, for cool. Autogram. And um, kind of have tailgate out of there every weekend. We're there no matter what. Um, and had have some fun, family, friends, and then head down to the game. Cool, cool. And uh, Adam, what's your involvement with the Muni lot? Kind of same story. You know, uh, dad and uncles all grew up big Browns fans. We went to some games at Old Stadium. I actually got to go to the very last game at Municipal Stadium, which is very, very crazy. Um, and then kind of along the same story, one of my buddies worked at a high school. The school was getting rid of the bus. We bought it off of them, uh, painted it. We painted it the struggle bus uh, in kind of the same situation. We go up there every week for every home game. Majority of our guys that I tailgate with go to the game. I go to the game. I've been to I don't even know how many Browns games. And then the rest of them go to the bars and watch the games. And we kind of all meet up in the morning and ride back on it at night. So, Okay, cool. And, and tell us, I've seen the rules. It says no alcohol. So why would you go somewhere where it says no alcohol? Uh, I don't... You take this one? Uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like the unspoken rule. Um, the, the, actually the Cleveland police do a very good job there. And, uh, I'm not going to say they're too relaxed, but big, the biggest thing is it's no open containers. So as long as you have your drink in a cup, they kind of leave you alone. Uh, it, but I've have seen people drinking straight from a bottle and that's a big no, no. So yeah. they kind of curb that. So Nick, if I've got a bottle of vodka, how can I get away with it? Like, what can I do? Yeah, so they, I mean, as long as it's in a solo cup or, or pretty much any kind of cup, um, so whether the, the red plastic cups or you may have your favorite Browns cup, pretty much as long as it, it's it's in there, um, you just I mean, you could have it out and just pour it in the cup. The cops really won't say anything. Um, I mean, I've seen people that were walking around with beer cans and the cop sees them and just they're like you said, they they police it, but they're they're nice about it. They'll just say, hey, just either pour that out or put it in a cup. Unless you're really causing a disturbance, then then you might have an issue. But as long as you're uh, at least trying to hide it, they're they're really not going to 
say too much or do too much. Could I like get two bottles of vodka, put it into a huge jug, a pitcher, and then pour it into people's drinks? Is that okay or no? Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a Gatorade cooler or something like that. And, yeah. Um, I know that that's all good. I've seen people with kind of jungle juice type bins and, and big storage containers and things like that. Yeah, that that's definitely a go. I know uh, one of the guys that I've hung out with before have a uh, like a fountain. And it, it pours Crown Royal, and you just stick your cup underneath of it to fill it up. So sweet. Okay, great. Any other headline rules I need to know about? Uh, pretty much, don't cause a fight. And uh, for the listening fans out there, one of the big rules is no crossing the shoreway. Basically, the Muni lot on the one side is a public highway. Yeah. And uh, they don't want people running across that because. We don't want people getting hit by cars going 60 miles per hour. Okay, cool. And one, uh, one other rule, I'm just going to say, um, obviously when you're drinking as much as everyone does down in the community lot, um, you eventually have to go to the bathroom and the lines can get quite long at some of the porta potties. Um, so basically, I mean, some, some of the actual buses will have like built in bathrooms or even like a hole in the side of a bus and, um, you just go to the bathroom and like a, a basically a funnel that goes out into the <laughs> um, But then also like there's a along the opposite side of the shoreway There's like a, a grass line that up again goes up against the fence kind of by the, by the railroad tracks And the cops are usually pretty pretty good about letting the, the uh, I mean it's mostly guys uh, Go go up there. So but that's that's another thing that you could get in trouble with is uh, kind of going out in, in, in the open or trying to hide behind a car if a cop catches you he might he might pull you aside i've actually I'm got a i've got I'm a guilty of that. <laughs> yeah i've got a horrible record i hope my mum's not listening i've been arrested in five different countries for peeing in the streets so uh <laughs> i can't have any black marks against me in america at the moment so uh i'll be on my best behavior and um uh, mate it sounds crazy, okay? You, you drive to a car park, you get absolutely hammered, you watch the game, then you drive home. Surely that's drink driving. Yeah, I mean, on our bus, for the most part, uh, we usually have one guy that's the designated driver who uh, will not drink. Uh, and also, too, uh, a couple of us, we, uh, we don't drink in the stadium because it could get kind of pricey. So if you cut it off at noon and the Browns play five hours, uh, for the most part, you kind of sober up a little bit, uh, especially if you're eating some food. But, yeah, we, we're definitely against drinking and driving. Uh, but like I said, for the most part, we usually have at least one designated driver to take care of it all. Okay, great. And when I turn up, what's the etiquette? Do I have to turn up with a, uh, a slab of beers or – how, how does it work? Like you guys just fill your buses full of booze and you sell it. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everyone for a lot of part, the, the bigger tailgates will kind of have their own, their own pot. And then they'll have either tip jars that people could, could kind of donate to a lot of people will just kind of walk around with the case throughout the day and go from tailgate to tailgate. And um, it's just kind of carry their own booze. Um, so it really, it really all depends. I mean, you could come with nothing and, and still have a great time and, and people will be nice enough. Um, like I said, a lot of them will have those, those tip jars and things like that, but, um, it all, it all depends. If you plan on walking around, probably better to bring your own booze and just kind of 
have your have your cup and your case and go as you go or if you're if you're staying back yeah load up the car and go from there and you guys you've got your um ambulance and your bus you're just going to sit around that area or do you actually like to get up and walk around yeah i mean for the most part uh between me and nick we probably stay around our our vehicles and we host parties but uh i would say 80 percent of the people that go there do not have a vehicle like that so they will walk from side to side like from up and down the lot checking out the different parties uh the interesting thing about the muni lot is you're going to see so many different vehicles and buses that are completely tricked out for a team that plays eight times a year uh I know you're only coming to one game, but it could take you three or four games to see really everything that these people put into their parties. And every party has something a little unique about them, which is very cool, I think. Uh, before we had our bus, we would usually walk back and back, but that was about it. Any idea how many vehicles will be there on a game day? I mean, it's it's legit. The, the, there's essentially two lots. They're con pretty much connected, but there's like a, an entrance in between the two. I mean, and each one's a good football field long and probably wow. about 75 yards wide, as Adam mentioned. So, I mean, it's – and especially coming off a of win last week, it's, it's gonna, both lots will be full. Um, so, I don't know. I've heard that there's been over 10,000 people in there. How many cars? I don't know because a lot of people are taxiing down or, or kind of group transportation. Um but yeah, I mean, in terms of walking around too, just to add, add on to that, I would definitely, especially as a visitor, advise at least doing one or, one or two laps around. Um, I, even though we have our own spot, I'll at least make one around, especially as you start to kind of make friends of the people around you, kind of say hi to everyone from, from week to week. Yeah, okay, cool. And uh, give me an idea. If I started at one end and then walk to the other end, how long would it take? It depends on if you stop at places. I mean, you could walk from one end and not stop, and it'll probably take you a good 20, 30 minutes. Wow. Because uh, there are three rows, uh, so it kind of depends on where you're going, Brett. But you will see a lot of school buses for the most part, and then there's ambulances, there's hearsts. Uh, it's all kinds of crazy wow. stuff. Like, uh, people rent out U-Haul trailers just to take down to the mini lot. What? So. Well I'll ask, I'll ask you first, Nick, what's the craziest thing that you can talk about that you've seen that happened there? Uh, that's a good question. Um, craziest. I mean, I've seen a couple uh, hooking up behind a car. Um, I mean, yeah. full, um, that was probably the most like kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like, whoa, am I really seeing that? Um, but Were they both in Brown's gear? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's commitment. Don't know to do it. <laughs> Brown's baby. Yeah, exactly. That's how Baker Mayfield was actually born. <laughs> He's a listener of the show, so he knows his parents who are now. So, uh, uh, Adam. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Probably the craziest, and it, it actually happens every week. There's one bus, and it is very tricked out. A guy who goes by the name of the dog father, he stands up on, a, uh, on top of his bus, he gets a beer thrown to him, he drinks the beer, and then he jumps off and the crowd underneath him catches it. And it's probably a good 10 feet jump. So he jumps into a cement parking lot and the people catch him every week. So 
Awesome. Well, mate, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hunt down the dog father and ask him to do a trick for us. <laughs> okay, good. And um, who who are the biggest legends in there besides you two? Of course, um, is there any is a like I've seen like Randy Savage, uh, Macho King. Is he does he hang around? I haven't seen him in the community. You know, uh, there is a guy that walks around in a brown Spider-Man costume that will get up on the uh, the buses and throw beers down to people. Um, I mean, not so much kind of legends like that, more so like um, kind of mainstay tailgates. Um, as you see when you first walk in, they got like the mobile dog, I think is one. And other Browns bunch have a DJ and dance floor and things like that. So it's you're more so known by your tailgate uh, and like whether – um, I guess the, the Grambulant or um, the uh, the struggle bus. And that's kind of what you're defined by. Not so much uh, single single legends, more so a team effort. Yeah. Okay. And what happens? Like a load of away fans come in and they start giving it, you know, being a bit too mouthy, a bit too uh, aggressive. What what do you do about that? Well, our tailgate we have a, a PA system and a microphone. And usually someone's on it uh, when they walk by. They usually get it pretty bad. But for the most part, when opposing fans are walking by, there's a, a chant that usually starts in A and ends in whole that they usually hear from the time they're seen to the time that they're not seen. Okay, nice. But do you ever get any fights? No. We, I mean, one of the closest, and this guy kind of had it coming, he was – um, it's a, a Steelers fan. I and mean, we usually try to be as nice as possible outside of like why? the, the – Why nice to a Steelers fan? You should – No, I, not necessarily a Steelers fan, but just oh. opposing fans, kind of make them feel welcome. I mean, we, you definitely razz them and kind of give them jokes. But this guy was definitely kind of overstepping boundaries in terms of that. We were playing flip cup, and uh, he happened to be walking by, and uh, um, one of my buddies grabbed his terrible towel out of the back of his uh, jean pocket – and decided to uh, wipe down the beer on our, our table that we were playing from Flip Cup. And uh, so we were just kind of using his towel for that. But um, and that, that was probably the closest thing because he was pretty pissed after that. But and then he realized he was surrounded by thousands of Browns fans and it probably wouldn't have ended well. Excellent. What about um, timings? When's the best time to come? Uh, since you're coming on your own and you don't have a vehicle, I would say you got there by eight or nine. You're probably in good in good shape just because we usually get there. We line up and wait probably a good half hour to even an hour before the lot opens up so we could get our spot because there is no saving spaces. That's one of the rules. Uh, but if you're not setting up, usually around 8 or 9 it gets going, and then between 10 and 12, that's when the party's really moving forward. So what time do you get to the game to queue up? Like – um. You're, you turn up to the Muni lot. What time are you getting there to queue up? We'll, we'll, we'll be in line at like – our bus will be – our ambulance will be in line at like 6.30 at the latest, um, usually somewhere between 6 and 6.30. And then if, if I'm just meeting them down there, because um, I kind of live in the downtown area, I'll get down there like between 7 and 8, depending on how rough the night was before. Strong. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean – and usually, as the season goes on uh, later, it, you could get there later. That makes any sense. Usually, yeah. the opening game, you have to get there super early because a lot of people are excited, and the weather is usually nicer too. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, and how, how does it compare? Um, Christmas time versus the summer? Is there a huge difference in activities? Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, when the, some of the, the most fun tailgates are definitely like in the September, October, just because the weather's nice and people are able to shorts, T-shirt, throwing the ball around. Um, usually come, come Christmas time, it's really the diehards that are, that are out there. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're drinking to stay warm, more so to have fun. Um, and obviously our, our record in the past couple of years have, have kind of indicated some of that too or, or aided in some of that but uh, hopefully this year will be actually this year will be different I'll, I'll change that the tune on that yeah and I think last year we played Cincy in December and there was about a foot and a half of snow on the ground so it kind of curtailed people from wanting to go outside and drink five hours before the game started cool and uh, after the game do you all head back is it a big party after the after the game? Uh, it kind of depends, again, on the weather, how much people were drinking before. Uh, for the most part, it clears out pretty good, but uh, I've definitely been there at times where we stayed three or four hours after the game to keep celebrating the victory. When does like, the police say you got to go? Yeah. I was going to say, I think a lot of the people after, like, especially a win, will head over to like uh, the West Six area to kind of celebrate a bit and then head back to, to, to the parking lot. Um, so I think it's like a, a slow, really, I mean, some people head straight back. It, it, all, it all depends. But um, definitely not as, the, as much as before a pregame or anything like that. Okay, great. Question, probably the biggest question is when we win on Sunday, where do you think I should be doing my champagne show? Uh, well, I live in the Tremont area, which is right outside downtown. And we have a big Cleveland sign that overlooks downtown. It doesn't, it does, you can't see the stadium, but you can see the other two stadiums. And that might be a good shot with the big Cleveland sign lit up for you in the back of the city drop box. That's just my personal. How would I get there? With an Uber or walk? Or yeah, you probably can't walk because it's on the other side of the downtown area. Uh, we could probably accommodate you to get you over there. Well, we we drink drive the bus up the up the up there, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very possible. Okay. Uh, Nick, any ideas? I was gonna say. So there's the, those Cleveland signs that he mentioned. They're kind of all sp uh, around. I think there actually might be one by the Rock Hall, actually, which is right next to the stadium. Yeah, there uh, is. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So there. I mean, if you wanted to incorporate more fans head down to the, to the bar areas. That would be, I mean, you, you get some good uh, kind of fan interaction on that too. Um, what, I mean, West 6th area would probably be your best bet in terms of closest to the stadium. And if it's winning, they will be partying in the streets. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. What time could, yeah. On, a, on a Sunday, what time do they stop serving drink in Cleveland? 2 a.m. Okay. All right, guys. Well, look. Um, thank you very much for your time. What's your, what, what are your predictions for Sunday? It's a hard game. Adam? Um, I'm going to go with uh, 28 to 17. Uh, I think our defense is going to fall off just a little bit because they're more of a passing, the Chargers are. But I, I think we're going to keep on rolling and uh, punch it in. Very good. Nick, prediction? It's pretty spot on. I'm definitely. I think the offense will be will open up more. Um, 
I think the Chargers are still without Bosa. Um, so I'm going to go 31-21. Browns, like obviously. Yeah, good man. I'm very predictable. I always go 21-20. I always seem to win. So uh, that's always my safe bet. I got a question for you, Paul. Go so, on, mate. Uh, one of the hot topics about the Browns this year is our kicking game. How important is the kicking game for you guys over in London? It's a, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if you know, but uh, I was actually quite a good mates with Zane. He's a Chelsea fan. And, yeah, I, I've been texting him yesterday and uh, just seeing how he's getting on. And obviously, I felt really sorry for the guy. Um, you know, he's come out of college. He had a reasonably good rookie year. He did well in preseason. He can kick the ball far. He was a- accurate in college. But, yeah, under pressure, he struggled. So, um, and then we've got this new guy who turns up in a Man United shirt. And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? But I listened to him in the dressing room and he's, he's quite humble, you know. He's, he, he's got the swagger and he's humble. Uh, my co-host said to me, let's get rid of him. And I'm like, if we're winning and he's kicking, let's keep him in. Let's see what he can do. What's your views on the kicker? I mean, as long as he's putting it in, I really don't care, to be honest with you. Uh, one of the guys that was a staple at the Browns was Phil Dawson. And I don't like to harp on the kicking game, but, I mean, the guy was automatic for the most part. He won us a bunch of games in the late 2000s. So uh, we haven't really had a stable kicker since him. But as long as they make it, I, I care less. So Yeah. Nick? It's been crazy this year. I mean, league-wide. I mean, you saw Mason Crosby, one of the most consistent kickers in the last decade. Missed, well, he missed five kicks yesterday. Five, five, yeah, yeah. He goes four field goals and an extra point or something like that. And so, I mean, obviously we need to improve. It's an entire special teams, though, too. I mean, it looked like that the, the game winner got blocked. So, I mean, who knows how that, that could have been a perfectly good kick. We just don't know. So, I don't know. Part of me says find a new one until you get it right, but then he won- we won the game, so maybe give him one more shot. I don't know. I'm a huge John Dorsey fan, so I, I just go in, uh, in John we trust. Let, let, you got the jumper on today. Let's have a look. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, excellent. I think um, w- w- with the kicker, he's going to be there to the end of the season unless he doesn't have – if he misses two or three in a game, he's gone. But I, I think we're going to um, – back him now I'm just confused Hugh Jackson we're a pro Hugh Jackson show but the pressure's on him why not just go and get the best possible kicker to help every little chance of you keeping your job and bringing on a rookie it's paid off so far but we have lost so many well we haven't won so many games This we could be 5-0 and zero, basically if we had a kicker no, I agree, but I think yeah, that also pretty- goes back to Nick's point where it's Dorsey's call. And I know I you know you guys were watching guys kick balls playing soccer over there, but I think it's kind of a whole different animal uh, over here. And to find a good one, I mean, kickers don't last – kickers either last 50 years in the NFL or they don't last more than a year or two, so. Yeah, we, are, we obviously are having the soccer, the penalty, where it's – it's not all the technique. It's about pressure and take, yeah, just playing the mind games. And yeah, our current kicker seems to be, 
he has the confidence. I'm just shit scared he's got no accuracy. <laughs> um, but yeah, if he if he keeps kicking and winning games, no problems. All right, guys, it's uh, 20 past two here in England. Uh, guys, I look forward to meeting you both for some drinks on uh, Sunday. And um, Adam, where can we find your details? Uh, my Twitter account is uh, A Luddle, A L U D L E. Uh, but our bus is uh, Muni Struggle Bus uh, on Twitter. And that's if you message us, we're, we're pretty good about getting back to you. Yeah, you so. probably have a thousand uh, British fans asking you loads of questions when they come out now. So hey, We're more than happy to accommodate. Uh, kind of like what Nick said, anyone that shows up, we're more than welcome to welcome them in. If they don't have a tailgate spot, they're more than welcome to stay with us. So as long, I mean, as long as they're wearing brown stuff, they're wearing the posing team, they may get razzed a little bit. But if they're good sports, we, we accommodate pretty well. Excellent. And Nick, your details? Yeah, uh, Twitter handle at BootsyCollins6. Um, you'll find the Grambulans uh, parked at around E2, uh, which is like, like one of the first spots after the, in the second section of the lot. Um, everyone more than welcome to come by. We had a few guys uh, a couple of weeks ago come down from, uh, from Canada. Um, they were just ro- uh, strolling through. They'd never been to the Muni lot. They asked if they could join up. So we, helped, we hosted them. So uh, the more the merrier. It's definitely a welcoming environment and I look forward to seeing everybody. Yeah, great. I'm just going to be hammering my phone with photos of all you guys and sticking it online. And yeah, uh, I'm expecting to do like keg stands. What other crazy things can I do when I'm there? Shotgunning beers is a one big of, thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the yeah, things I think you as a, uh, first time we're having fun with uh, I think it might be the, the actual the Browns Bunch tailgate they do uh, they have a mini keg and then they have bowling pins set up and then you actually throw the mini keg down the cement and uh, kind of basically bowl with the mini keg and they, they line up a whole bunch of people and everyone cheers you on so that's a, that's always a, a, a fun thing for some of the first timers oh excellent and so what time we have in our first beer on Sunday as soon as you get there we'll be I'll be there at- 7.15 when we're parked and loaded up. Alright, good. Alright, guys. Change is coming. We're getting some wins. Let's do this. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Thank you.